Hey podcast, thanks for listening to this episode of Shop Talk. I'm really excited about this episode with Jessica Bartolucci. She's one of my favorite educators from Kuhn. I've got the chance to watch her career grow. You're going to love this conversation. Real quick, salon owners and managers, for those of you who are looking to take your business to another level, maybe you're struggling to find those profits uh, last year due to all the craziness we went through. You're in luck. No, no, excuse me, May <laughs> 16, 17, 23, 24, we have the next salon owner four-day intensive workshop. That's you and a manager or cohort partner in crime um, would get to attend that four-day workshop. It's all done virtual, so you can do it from the comfort of your own home, your own salon, your own space. And we cover everything from leadership, culture, profitability, how to grow your team, help them to get to the next level, pretty much the whole gamut. We have an amazing segment from the marketing director, Amber Burns, who is the marketing director at Salon 124 Group. She's been doing marketing for salons for a long time, very successfully. If this is something you even think you're interested in, you don't want to miss it. For some more details, email us at info at 124go.com. And if you happen to be a Kuhn Salon, this is kind of awesome. They support us through the Business Building Fund. So you could use your Business Building Fund dollars through Kuhn to pay for this four-day awesome event. So again, that's May 16, 17, 23, 24. It happens two weekends back-to-back. You get to spend time with me, John, Brian Perdue, Amber Burns. Be there or be square. Now enjoy this episode. talking how rude hi everybody welcome back to the shop talk podcast brought to you by 124go i'm your co-host chris lume and as usual sitting across the zoom from my great friend mr john palmary and i can see it on your face today i mean you you always look you know debonair whoa and you still have a debonair look today but there's a trickle of sweat it's just a trickle it's It's right here it's just glistening a little bit makeup yeah, <laughs> I could tell you have had one of those busy days as as we do in the salon world. And but man, we're wicked pumped because we and I know you're not surprised about this if you're listening, have an incredible guest joining us today I, that I'm thr- I'm literally thrilled about just so you know. So we're here with Miss Jessica Bartolucci. Welcome, Jessica. Hello. Thank you guys so much for having me today. So as I typically do, I'm going to brag on you a little bit, Jessica, just because I've seen your educator and artist career evolve. We met through the Kuhn Hair Cosmetics Network, where you're a Kuhn Academy trainer. You're also a salon owner, and you've got a partner, and you've got a few others that work with you, and you're still out there even in this transition. You've been educating and growing a social media feed that to me really serves your clients more than it serves the hair world, the education world. Like I, I watch you, I started to notice it probably a year ago where you started to make videos that were more educational towards your clients. It didn't look like you were going at a like grab. It didn't look like you were going at an audience grab. You were just like serving the guests. And recently you did a Zoom class for our team, which they loved. So thank you for that. And um, we talked about having you on because you have some expertises in some areas where we know that people are always trying to get better at. So you're not only a colorist, but you also are in the wedding world. You do styling and upstyles and things like that. And from what I understand in the artist network of Kuhn, you're known as the hair whisperer. I miss Karen Odell. <laughs> so that's what I hear. So that's what I hear. Me that. <laughs> yeah. I know there's a lot of ways this conversation can go. I'm excited about kind of seeing and hearing it evolve. So Mr. John Palmieri. I was just checking out Jessica's Instagram page. What a nice looking page. What is your handle on Instagram? It is at Jessica 
underscore Bartolucci or dot Bartolucci. Look at me not knowing. We can edit this. It's, it's underscore, by the way. Just, it's yeah. an underscore. That's an underscore. Jessica underscore. B-A-R-T-O-L-U-C-C-I. Thank you, Chris. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's some great looking hair on here. So uh, congratulations on such a great page. Thank you. Welcome. Um, so where we used to like to start is I'm always interested in how people got into the industry because I think it's one of those things that kind of pulls us all together as a bunch of hairdressers on a Zoom call. So, you know, how did this happen to you, Jessica? Why hairdress? Tell us about tell us about that journey a little bit and why you chose hairdressing. I did. I sat back and I thought about this for a minute. And for me, it's not necessarily one like major event. You know, I feel like sometimes you listen to people and they're like, oh, I grew up in it or my family and this and that. And like looking back on it, I think it was a bunch of little moments in my life that made me gravitate towards being hair, wanting to be a hairstylist. Because if you asked me then, I never knew that I'd get into the world of like education and owning and things, which is exciting. Right being pretty lucky that my mom always allowed my sister and I to have like really long hair, right? So not much has changed. (laughs) Still have that long hair, but it was really funny. Like my mom always prided herself on bringing my sister and I to the salon. And if we sat down, my mom got like perms all the time. And if we sat down, if we were really good, she did the whole, I'm going to reward you. And uh, the hairstylist was nice enough to take, you know, 15 minutes at the end of my mom's appointment. And we would be able to get like our fringe styled out. Now I'm talking like mall bang, like Tiffany action. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But I felt so good. And I was so young, like seven or nine, and it made me feel good. And then you Mm -hmm. fast forward a little bit. uh, I was like 13, strawberry blonde hair, and I wanted to be a rebel and get maroon highlights. Mm -hmm. And my mom and dad were nice enough to let me be unique, let me be different. And they were like, fine, fine, you can get maroon highlights, you know, Mm -hmm. low lights, as I know them now. Back then, they were maroon highlights to me. And um it was really interesting. I was always a really shy kid, kind of afraid of my own shadow. I liked being in a bedroom with like some music and some art. Didn't like talking to people very much. And when I got those low lights, just like something changed. I felt great. I felt great just in my own skin. And it was really interesting to see that happen and kind of the shift. And I was like, I want to be able to gift that to people, you know? So fast forward a little bit more and I was in high school I wasn't your straight A average student. I was like, when am I going to use parallelograms? And why do I need to care about what a volcano does? It just didn't interest me. And I got into hair um, early on in high school. And I just thrived. It was all hundreds, all A's. Like, I couldn't wait for cause class. And Mm -hmm. yeah, like, geez, 13 years later, going on 14, here I am. I love that. I want to back up a little bit because there was something you said that I think pops up from time to time. And I want to talk about it a little bit. You had said that one of the things you wanted to do was gift people that emotion that you felt when you got your hair highlighted. You said you were kind of of quiet, a little on the shy side, didn't talk to a lot of people. I want to talk more about that. What is it about, I know this sounds silly, oh, getting red highlights that just was like, this is awesome. This makes me look at the world differently. This makes me feel different about myself. Can you talk about that for a minute? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's the color red or the different expression of Mm -hmm. being, I guess not your typical like, you know, blonde or brunette. It just felt unique and it felt right. I guess just like you were to go to a store and pick out like a clothing. Like why Mm -hmm. do I pick out a leopard t-shirt and why does somebody pick out like a maybe solid colored green t-shirt? You know, it just makes you feel good and makes you express yourself and Mm -hmm. yeah it was just that pivotal moment i was like that's it like that's that felt me and for a long time i had a lot of fun playing different unique hair colors to my poor parents uh you know hearts being broken coloring (laughs) strawberry blonde hair but yeah it just it felt right and it just yeah it brought out a different part of me that helped me, I suppose, get where I am today. <laughs> it, it's super interesting because we've heard this story before right. um, where somebody says they had their hair colored and it completely changed them and mm-hmm. from an internal perspective. And um, I don't know that we, I know that we say it a lot, you know, mm-hmm. you're a hairstylist, you change people's lives. You know, we, we certainly say it a lot, but I don't, know that we always internalize it and appreciate it because on the, you know, on the opposite end of that coin, 
we deal so much inside of this industry with self-worth and value. And you hear people a lot saying, I'm only a hairstylist. And, and while we've camouflaged that, I think for a while, I still see it on the faces of people as they talk about somebody else in another profession. This person was a this or that person went to college. But it's just, it couldn't be more true that when you change somebody, the way they feel about themselves, you unleash maybe the potential that was inside of them, right? Mm -hmm. What what happened next for you? So did you start working in a salon right after that? Did you assist for a while? What was that process for you? I did. Yeah, I assisted for about a year, lucky enough to get into a really beautiful salon. I worked there for a number of years. And under my, I guess under like, you know, my head here somewhere in my life, I was like, I want to own a salon. I remember senior year of beauty school, we had to um, make a salon. And, um, you know, write, write everything down. It was our senior project. And that sort of, you know, just like getting those maroon highlights, like definitely put a fire and, and lit something inside of me. I was like, I want this one day, you know, but how do you do it? And you're talking like 13 years ago too, you know, a little less social media, a little less like, I guess, as you were saying, Chris, you know, like, oh, I just do hair. You know, my parents were like, you have one year, you got to be successful. If not, you're going to college. And they did it out of love. But I was like, I'm going to show you I'm going to be successful in this year. I'm going to go forward, get a clientele, make some money for myself, you know, because, yeah, got to put a roof over your head. And um, yeah, after a number of years, I was like, this is what I want to do and own my own space. And I stepped out into a studio suite. For about two years and then yeah partnered up and now I have a nice beautiful building and I love it it's just I don't know I'm like this is where I'm supposed to be right now it feels good <laughs> when how long did you work for the the really nice salon for a while I was there for nine years if I could ask in those nine years what would can you pick out one two things that just you really learned from that experience I think a huge one for me would be just to don't doubt yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like sometimes you do, you, you kind of play small. At least I know sometimes I do. I'm just like, nope, you know, you kind of diminish yourself like, oh, I can't do this because I'm not here. Or I can't do that because I'm not there. You know, and once you kind of put those like self-limiting beliefs like aside, you're like, no, like what is stopping me? Why can't I go forward and sort of not be afraid to like fail forward, if you will, you know, like even if you do something, it's okay. Just get yourself back up and try it again. I'm like, yeah, just don't put any sort of like constraints on yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if you don't do something, I feel like it's so hard, right? Like, especially in this day and age, it's so instant gratification sure but it's okay if some things like take time whatever that goal that you set for yourself is mm-hmm. you know and you can grow from there and just to give yourself some grace and give yourself time and you can get there you know I, when the time when the time is right mm-hmm. and it'll just feel right you know i love that piece about you know what it is that journey of kind of recognizing that you know what i can do this you know i am worth it you know this is something i can learn i'm wondering if you listened to our podcast a few weeks ago because john and i <laughs> literally just you know spent about an hour talking about that very topic and mm-hmm. we never set anybody up for this if you're listening and you're like wait a minute they right. they they scripted this they told her to say that like we don't say that and at every level, you know, once somebody starts to make some headway, and I, I guess I just want to say, if I didn't say it in in the opening for you, I mean, you you've you're, you've grown a great clientele. You're highly in demand in the in the Cune Artist Network. You're doing all kinds of things that I think would be a vision for somebody who is up and coming and says, well, I want to do what she's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're doing those things and you decided to do it with a manufacturer. I believe you could have done it independently as well, but I'm, I'm glad you're with our friends because we get to play in the same uh, sandbox to go back to, to, you know, the point is I want to know how long it took you inside of working as a hairstylist till you felt the, that click or that confidence or like, 
where you really felt like a professional? You know, your first questions were like, when, when did it kind of like click? I'll never forget. I was, you know, I assisted and they put me on the floor and I was like, Oh boy, you know, you get that <laughs> feeling and you're like, right. I need clients and I need, you know, I, how, how do I do this? Cause clients just don't appear in your chair. You have to make it happen. And that was pre social media and Instagram and having a little bit more of that reach. It was, here's a friend, here's a referral, here's 15 off. And you're just working, you're working, you're working. And I feel like sometimes you're so in it that like you kind of forget like, oh, I, I made it. Like I remember looking at this one stylist. I was like, I want to I want to be there. You know, I want to I want to have that clientele. I want to be double booked. I want to have a wait list. And the first time I really sat and looked at my like book right as a stylist, and I was like, oh, no, I don't have anything for six weeks. And I didn't have to fabricate it or be like, oh, no, like, just kidding. Like make myself appear more booked than I was. Uh, <laughs> I think that's when it clicked. And I was like, oh, okay, like this is working. And you're always working on that, right? Because, you know, your clients, it's it's their opportunity to be with you or try someone else. So you're always working on that relationship with them. So I feel like every day it still clicks. You know, I'll still tell my clients, I just had one. She was so sweet. She's like, are you you're really booked out six, eight weeks? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's it clicks for me then. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're still just always working on it. Once you started to get your steam at the chair. Yeah. When did you start to say, you know, did you always have this calling? I want to teach. Was there, was there something that attracted you to education? Yeah. So it's funny, you know, um, same thing. I, I still do it. Like, I'm like, Oh no, I'll, I'll still make it one day, you know, but it was funny. Like I was at the CUNE Academy funny enough. And I had gone for the first time. It was my first major ticket price. I just, you know, I, I fell in love with CUNE and I don't just say that because I'm an educator for them now. Like just as a stylist, I fell in love with everything that they stood for family values. And they just seemed like such a great team. And I was like, I'm going to go to Atlanta. And it was my first big ticket that I ever purchased to like stay a weekend and I'll never forget they had a, a nice kind of like meet and greet like after I went to a restaurant and I'll never forget I was actually sitting with uh, Gareth Palmer and George already and we were just chit-chatting and they were like oh like do you ever think about education and I was like who me like I was looking around the room like me like I'm just a hairstylist you know and I think that created that little spark for me to be like, well, what about it? How do I get to educate? I love this company. And do I want more than standing behind the chair? I love standing behind the chair, but I also love to educate my clients. So if I can educate my peers, like that's just a whole nother layer and value like added for me. So yeah, that was about maybe eight years ago. I've been with Kuhn for about seven now. So yeah, about eight years ago, that sort of talk about the the learning that happened once you went from because I mean and I, I could be speaking for myself here but you know John has taught people you know I've taught people there's there's definitely a higher learning that happens when you get put on the spot to teach it yeah I love that I feel like like you said you're behind a chair and you're educating your clients and you're like ah oh, yeah I'm doing it like I can do this right and then you get in front of peers and people that you on a whole nother level are looking up to and they know their stuff right they know their color theory inside and out they know their design inside and out and you have to take in the information and regurgitate it in the in the proper manner or you know correctly for the brand and I was like oh I don't know how to speak I don't know how to look at people oh my gosh I'm like sweating <laughs> like it, it, it's scary but it, it was really interesting I mean especially with like Kuhn and you know I know like you said like I think I you were you were there for it and I don't know like I remember it wasn't even about hair they were like sell, sell a battery like here's AAA battery try to sell this battery to um to us like what what's good about it what do you know about it and it took it down on a whole nother level like okay like we all utilize batteries right like I can tell you what it's good for how to use it you know make your flashlight like go longer or you know you need it for your fire alarm and it's kind of the same concept like once you know your information you can regurgitate it and have that um like foundation and as long as you're like, solid in your foundation you can present that to people in a really nice manner but it was so different than just being like oh this is how you you know I don't know blow dry your hair behind a chair there's just a different I guess steps to it you know and just learning you know alongside everybody and and having other people to help lift you up through the industry and like you know like with each other as well I, I think this one of the struggles that people have 
usually in the first few years of their career is selling in general. Um, And you just kind of talked about like, you know, that activity of like selling a battery, you know, and what, you know, what, what makes that important to you then? What makes that important to you now? And, um, you know, talk a little bit about how that process affects you at the chair, maybe some tips that you might have there. Yeah, I love that. I feel like, again, it just makes you more grounded, right? So instead of just giving information for the sake of information, there's a purpose behind it, you know? So even when you're like talking to your clients, you're like, hey, I think this mousse would be great for your hair because it's going to do this for you. You know, you're not just selling something for the sake of selling it. It, it, It's going to have a meaning and a purpose and it's going to make, you know, your clients hair better. The same thing in, in education, you're not just like, oh, hey, like, you know, this is this color, this is this, and it's just nice. It's like what's the purpose behind it what value is it going to add to you as a stylist behind the chair and not only to you as a stylist but for your guests as well so I think that kind of goes hand in hand and it switches that conversation instead of feeling like you're selling to your clients or hey a balayage because maybe you know I'll take my price it's like no this is going to provide you maybe more lived in or some again that that like purpose for your value to it. So it kind of goes a little harmoniously together there. Through that process, what are some of the things you've learned that, you know, that people struggle with? You know, what are the things that people kind of struggle with on a regular basis? Because, you know, when you go through the process and you teach, I think, you know, one of the things that Chris was trying to bring out was one of the things about teaching is you learn yourself right? You learn more, you, you pick up more stuff. I think that I think one of the best ways to learn is to teach others. So as you go through this process, what are some of the things that you're noticing people struggle with on a regular basis? You know, what are the things that keep kind of popping up or showing up in your classes? Probably the number one that people struggle with, and it's, it's kind of blanketed, but it's almost Mm -hmm. like getting out of your own way and knowing, you know, you, you have those foundations. And as long as you know, your foundation, you can grow from there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel like, you know, in any instance, whether it's in design work or color or styling or, you know, anything in life, really, you're so worried about like that next step and elevating that sometimes you forget the the foundation of things. So even if you're like, oh, hey, I'm, I'm toning and what cancels, you know, ash, or I need to add warmth, you're just, your focus sort of like, kind of get blinders on and you're just focused sure. on one thing rather than like, nope, I know my color theory. I know my basis. And, you know, if I know I have, you know, this color, I need to negate it with that color. Um, and it, yeah, just kind of getting out of your own way, getting out of your own head. And sometimes less is more, you know, yeah. I feel like we always want to add so much to whatever we're doing just <laughs> with hairstyles. So I'm like, I want to give it all. Like I want to put the whole color wheel on their head, but right. You know, you may not need that every time. <laughs> I think that's funny because what you bring up is something I think we kind of notice in the salons where we're working with new, you know, new hires or people that are new to the industry. They know the information, but all of a sudden it's like the deer in the headlights thing, right? Where it's like all of a sudden there's a, a mental block and you forgot everything you learned in your whole entire life. And it takes a minute just to say, whoa, whoa just, you know it, it's okay. Slow down, breathe. Maybe that hyper-focus is a little too much. When you're talking to folks who are, you know, going down that journey, you know, it's one thing to say, don't do that. <laughs> it's another thing to kind of remember it, right? And make that part of your process. Do you have a way that you get to share with people that helps them with that process? Yeah, I, I always tell people, even if you need to get out of your own way, or if you have a mm-hmm. hundred things in your head, like there is nothing wrong with keeping like sticky notes and notes and mm-hmm. you know color wheel up in your back bar. Like that's mm-hmm. okay. I feel like sometimes, you know, know how to say it but like we try to be so like perfect right like you talk about Instagram and you're like Mm -hmm. I need to have a perfect feed or you know this perfect grid of everything where it's okay to like be human and Mm -hmm. you know keep keep notes like I keep grocery notes because I'm like I don't know what I need at the grocery store (laughs) right hey you know so to give yourself like room for that yeah it's hard just to tell somebody get out of your own way right it's easier said than done but I think just whatever works for you and and guiding you along is is totally okay to do as well like give your permission give yourself permission to to have that you know there's nothing wrong with I always say like if you're in need like have somebody do I call it like a drive-by in the salon right like we all know that like I don't know what to put on this color like can you just walk by and help guide me like reach out for a hand like you know it just makes us all I think more human and be able to connect especially with your peers in the salon yeah Um, yeah you know you had said 
we are, we're talking about how getting out of your head and not getting so focused on your work that you kind of forget what you learn. I want to kind of backpedal for half a second toward the beginning of this conversation. You said you were really kind of quiet, you know, and you didn't really talk a lot to different people. I don't know who that person is. That's <laughs> not the person that's in front of us right now. Yet I think for a lot of folks new to the industry, right, that's common. I don't know. I was talking to a, one of the stylists the other day. I don't know what to talk about. <laughs> you know, Somebody comes in the salon. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to talk about. And so I don't say anything. Or I feel like I don't have anything worth sharing with that person. So, you know, I think that the approaches are kind of similar. But how did you make that transition from being that quiet person who didn't talk to a lot and kind of kept to herself to being... The person I see in front of me now on uh, on the Zoom call, talking with her like hands in the air, right? Um, <laughs> well, not just because you're Italian, you can't help that. <laughs> no, you know it's funny. Um, yeah, I guess I had that too. Like you know, I wanted to do hair, failing to realize you have to talk to the person. <laughs> yeah, that's part of the deal, right? Yeah. yeah, you're like, oh yeah, I have to make a conversation, mm -hmm. um, and you start out, you're like, oh, you know your first session like hey how, what's your name are you married like got kids yeah. where'd you go to school and then you run out of things but you just sort of learn like it's it's your friends and it's okay I don't know I worked retail for a little bit so that yeah. definitely helped um bring me out of my shell but I think just the more I got comfortable for me being behind the chair mm -hmm. and my clients coming in and wanting to learn more just about me and my life outside of even just doing hair you know it sort of just starts to open up the conversation and you meet so many people in the chair right like every 45 minutes hour half hour and a half there's somebody else in a new conversation in the chair, which mm -hmm. keeps it exciting, I think, for most of us in the industry. And you right. just need to bop around with that, you know, and all of a sudden you forget that you were that little kid, like hiding in her bedroom, like, leave me alone with my guitar. I don't want to talk to <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening to emo right now. I don't have time for you. A hundred percent. You know, there's, there's two things that you brought up um, kind of throughout that little conversation. And I want to go there a little bit more yeah. and we can go in whichever order you decide uh, that the one is consultation. And it's something that we talked about in a, a you know, last week when we were catching up about uh, doing today and fact that, you know, again, to go to your page for a second, I know the style of work that you do. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, you can't see Jessica's hair, but she sort of wears her own billboard right like if yeah. by by seeing your hair i would know that i'm not a client for you <laughs> <laughs> a bald guy is not you know i'm sure who's is sitting in your chair but when we started to talk about that you know two things became apparent one is you use social media to grow your clientele and that's been effective for you but you didn't leave out and this you brought this up really not me was the most important thing happens when they come into the salon and sit down. So once they're there, your social feed better look now I'm paraphrasing mm -hmm. better look like your social feed better look like the experience you're creating in your salon, right? Like if I'm a different person than I'm putting out there and marketing, that's a problem. Hundred <laughs> percent. And then once the person's in the chair, you know, you talked about consultation. And so I guess I want to know, you know, that when somebody sits down, you're trying to keep them. I mean, that's, you're trying to turn that person into somebody who's a life, lifelong guest. If in fact, they're, they're a good fit, obviously talk a little bit about maybe your consultation, the importance of it, maybe some things that you do that you feel are, I don't want to say different, but signature yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like it's so easy just to get lost, especially, you know, doing hair so long. Like I said, I've been going on 14 years behind the chair and lucky enough to have a lot of my clients with me for 12, 13 years. And it's so easy, especially the ones we know, just to be like, hey, cool. Same thing as last time. Right. Yeah. So sometimes I even have to take that step back and be like, nope, like still give them a consultation like they were the first time ever in your chair, you know, like open-ended questions, like, Hey, what are you loving about your hair? You know, I think that's a, that's a harder one to answer than what don't you like about your hair, you know, mm -hmm. and letting almost the client lead those answers and you being like, Hey, do you like being blonde? Cause they're gonna be like, yeah, 
but to them, you know, a blonde could be, you know, more golden to you. You think it's going to be, you know, a cooler color. I just had an experience with a guest who we shifted her, her out uh, the last time to cool. And I was like, Hey, what do you love about your hair? And she's like, I don't remember what you called it, but I love it's a different tone, you know? And I was like, all right, awesome. Like, had I not asked that, I probably would have just gone right back to what we've been doing for five years to the gold. Cause that's just human nature. Right? right. So yeah, just letting your guests sort of lead that conversation. And I always, I always love to have like, Hey, what do you love about your hair? Cause you know, that's maybe what they want to keep or if they are like, I love it, then that's what, you know, what's enhanced on them. Right. Mm-hmm. So that money piece we did last time, um, obviously what don't you love about your hair is a lot easier for people to, to answer right. sometimes, but, um, but yeah. And I love to like sit with my guests too. You know, I have like a, a cutting stool and I just love, I found it's just changed the game entirely rather than standing behind them and going through their hair. Like I'll just sit and be like, okay, like again, you know, talk to me about your hair um, and what you love about it. And it's so different, just that human interaction face to face rather than standing behind them. It just makes your, guests so much more like relaxed and I'll still do that for all every guest I have whether it's you know first time or hundredth time so again you know nothing I'd say unique to to me but I just think it's nice and it elevates the experience for for that person in your chair Uh, I like what you talked about in regards to even your regular long-term client because I know you know times when I've been behind the chair where you've been cutting somebody's hair for 10 12 14 years and all of a sudden it's like a mental block like I can't see them and anything else but that graduated bob that they've had for 10 years right like that's the picture that's in my head yet i like how when you get on a stool and you get down to their level and you start saying things like you know what's your favorite thing about your hair what do you like about it most but yeah absolutely you know i feel like that's you know how you can keep you know your guests coming back like you said the aim is always you know if it's the right fit for you and that client all right how can we make that you know a return keep them happy and wanting to come back for you know 10 12 13 years and not get tired of you either like you said you're like i can never see you in anything but that bob yeah hey we grew it an inch you know even you know i i learned that was a huge thing for me even everything like being on pause when my guests came back i'm like oh my gosh but your hair are longer like that's just, i i love it and yeah. we've kept that for people so mm-hmm. you know it was a, a, a small blessing you know out of that so yeah it's it's interesting i also think it's i love um sometimes you had mentioned earlier about drive-bys right yeah. where you get one of your friends to come by and say hey can you just kind of like just kind of drive by see what you like because again i either need help with a formulation or i just can't see this person and anything different than what i've got them in yeah awesome. absolutely <laughs> second topic that's you know was was really on my mind for today is the social media piece and the, and the reason why isn't because is because you know john and i've had enough influencers on here that we know they've been real open with us about, you know, being an influencer is way different than being a hairstylist that's mm-hmm. trying to grow a clientele. Right. It's made us perk our eyes and ears up to the reality of the differences and that you don't have to have, heck, you don't have to have a thousand followers mm-hmm. to, you know, really, really, really affect your business. And you kind of shared that you get a lot of business through your social uh, efforts and that you've even sometimes turn that faucet off a little bit because it, you know, get, gets to be so much to handle. So let's talk as if you weren't turning that faucet off for now and talk about what worked for you, what didn't. And I guess I want to preface this by saying, I've seen your evolution. I think I might've been there the first time you ever shot video actually, probably as well. Yes. So <laughs> a lot of career first, first. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, and I know you weren't very comfortable on camera you know, at first. That was a that was a little bit of a struggle. Now it's been some years since then, and you're very you know you seem very comfortable on camera now. No, I love that. I feel like I call it like the pasta theory. Like you said, you see <laughs> sort of like it evolve, right? Like my mm-hmm. own my own Instagram evolve. But I feel like if you go like far enough and you keep scrolling down, you can see those changes, right? And they it shifts with trends. It shifts with what people like and what they want to see but I feel like at first if you're just trying to find your own voice you know just write it down like write you know who you are what you love to do write that down on a piece of paper and and follow through like hey I love you know color so I'm gonna maybe focus on color 
or if you love design or, or both, it can be everything and focus on what you love. And I feel like you'll get like-hearted people that way, right? Mm-hmm. So like if you start posting the things that, that you love, people are going to be like, I love that too. And maybe they'll follow you and you'll find those guests, like you said, you know, what walking billboard on my own hair, like, oh, this is my hair. People like my hair. And they're like, okay, I'm going to come to her because I want that mm-hmm. hair. I want that. Yeah, that's what I want. So I feel like if you're just through, like, true to your authentic self on there, and it's so easy, right? Like you said, to, and I've been guilty of it, looking at influencers and being like, I want to, you know, be like Mike, right? Like, I want to be that person. I want to, this is what I want to do. And this is the color scheme I need. And it gets, it gets muddy and it gets like heavy in your head too. So just take a step back and be true to who you are. And, you know, you know what you love to do. You're already doing it behind the chair or, you know, going to be doing it behind the chair. So just post those works and, you know, grab that interaction from your clients. I have so many clients who are like, oh, I, right. Like, and I know we all do. I wish I could take you home and you could do your hair with me. All right. Well, is it a blow dry that you're doing do a little tutorial now you have me on video and this world is so much easier now to do that in and it might take a little bit of time but i feel like the reward at the end even if it's one client that sat in my chair and was like hey that little hairspray tip that Mm -hmm. you did on a video you know that maybe in my conversation with her i never i didn't tell her but she found it on that like that's just worth the reward is that little bit of time you spend on it so i I hope that answers it (laughs) Yeah, it does. I think one of the things, you know, that in our industry, we've been so focused on Instagram for a while now, right? It's kind of been the, the thing for a number of years. But you brought up video a couple of times. How, for stylists that are developing and building their clientele, how do you use, talk more about how you use video to reach out to your customers, to build the clientele? I mean, what's that journey been like? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I'm like dabbling in the world of YouTube. And I think that's super fun because you get a little bit of more length on that. So if people want to sit down for maybe a 15 minute tutorial, they can head on over to that, watch something a little bit longer, but even honestly, just showing who you are, like you said, Instagram is taking over and right now it's reels. And to be quite honest, recently I found, I was like, Oh, it's always gotta be about the hair. Gotta be about the hair. And the more I put myself on a reel, just either having fun or walking Mm -hmm. my dog or, Hey, this is how I get ready for a class. Like People love to see you, right? They they come to you because yes, they probably love the way you do their hair, but they also hopefully love you as a human too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so once you you show that, like I feel like that really just takes off as well, because mm-hmm. then your guest gets to know you on a on a different level than just being behind the chair and being a stylist. Like, oh, they're a human too that does other things. Right. It's like when you see like your teacher and you're like, wait, you moonlight as like a waitress at Applebee's? Like, wait, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's super funny, you know, but, but I, remember yeah. first, I remember my first teacher I saw smoking a cigarette and I was like, oh my God, they smoke too? Right? They <laughs> yeah. The school? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I didn't, know, I didn't know they did that. You see them at the grocery store. You're like, wait a minute, you have to buy broccoli? What yeah. the hell? You, I figured you, people just delivered it to you. Like, you you eat? I mean, I didn't yeah. even know that was possible. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um. Uh, I want to continue to drill down on this topic a little bit. Yeah. Just because, uh, you know, the YouTube thing is a whole nother and we could have another discussion around that. By the way, what's your YouTube? How would we find you on YouTube? Is it Jessica Bartolucci or? Bartolucci. I keep it nice and easy with my name. (laughs) Um, And so I want to talk a little bit more about the tutorial piece and, you know, making a video tutorial because I've, I think I've seen you do a little bit of both. I've seen you do some DIY where you're actually, you know, putting it on your own hair, as well as I've seen you do it on a mannequin as well. And maybe that's a little bit more education driven. I'm not sure, but do they, do they both work? Do I have to be a TV personality to make this happen? Um, can I, can I shoot with a camera? Can I, can I just shoot it with my phone? Like, do I have to talk to people? Right. No, sure. <laughs> No, 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 yes. How's that? No. Okay. Um, yeah, no. Do you have to be a, a TV personality? Absolutely not. You know, if you're somebody who's not comfortable or not out of the shell yet, or, you know, I have gotten a couple of inquiries like, how, how are you comfortable in front of the camera? And I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, but I, and I think that's okay. Like, I think it's okay to be a little, little nervous and just to do it anyways. I mean, what happens? You know, I think who was it? Like Billie Eilish said, like, you know, you might have a hundred followers, 
but if you have a hundred people in one room, like that's a lot of people, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you get two likes, like that's a lot of people and you're doing it hopefully to be again, like more yourself than pushing the like button, but no, you don't have to be a TV personality. Do it on a mannequin, put some music to it and that's okay. You know, put some auto generated caption on it. And that's, you can write step-by-steps on that. Like I love InShot, it's a great app to use. Um, it's pretty self-explanatory. I sat down and think for an hour and I'm still learning stuff on it, to be honest. And it's, it's fun just to kind of sit and play with that. And I don't know, I do my own hair cause I have long hair and it works. But then I feel I'm like, oh, people are like, okay, it's just long hair. And I always get like, oh, well, it's your hair. Your hair is always going to look good. So I'm like, all right, let me grab a mannequin or let me grab a friend. And then that kind of speaks to like a wider audience as well. And you just sort of like learn as you go. And I'm still learning. I'm definitely, I have a lot to learn, but it's, it's fun to do it, you know? So if you enjoy it, it'll come. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love it. I love yeah. it. Um, you know, what's amazing is, 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 I know you mostly as a hair colorist, as well as, as somebody that does styling and somebody who, you know, cranks in the salon and stuff. And we, we didn't even really talk about that stuff, even though we've been on for an hour, we really, mm. you know, I think a lot of what you shared um, is so speaking really deeper to the heart of the matter and the conversations that we have in salons, which is, you know, in the beginning, you, you've got to get over yourself. Like you've, you've got to get past this insecurity that you have about trying stuff, about talking to people. You might be a little more of an introvert. We're seeing a lot of that now. Um, and it's, and even with the questions that we asked you that I thought we would take towards color or towards technical, you're like, no, it's more about asking for help. And it's more about, you know, co communing with, uh, you know, your other, your, your coworkers and going, Hey, I, and so, um, so this is great. I love I love the way this conversation went. I can't believe, you know, I'm looking at the time and I can't believe we plugged through close to an hour here. It's like speaking to that softer side of hairstyles that I think we've been trying to speak to, you know, with mm -hmm. your conversation with the stylist the other day yeah. where they had this goal of they want to be a hundred thousand dollar stylist. And you were like, wait a minute, you know, mm -hmm. let's get you to 20 first. Right. And there was a lot here. What are you pulling away from today? Uh oh, we're going to have to spend a whole podcast on it one day, but one of the things that, you know, came up today and it comes up from time to time is that sense of um, personal strength or um, that's one of the things I think we're, we're learning as more and more time goes by with this podcast. And maybe I kind of knew this, but it, it's putting a different light on it is how empowering the word I'm going to use hair can be right where, you know, we had a, um, a podcast with Christine Zielinski, I don't know how long ago, like six months ago, she talked about uh, being, you know, 12, 13 years old and dyed her hair black. And the thing about dyeing her hair black is it just made her feel like a superhero, right? You know, you talked about, you know, putting some red low lights in your hair and how that changed how you saw the world, you know, and how much do we get to do that for other people, right? You know, that was something you experienced. It was something Christine experienced. It's something that other people have experienced. But I think that we give people a sense of empowerment, for lack of a better way to put it, um, and don't recognize that. And it's interesting to me that it's hair, right? You know, that something as simple as the hair on your head gives you that, that sense of empowerment, that I can do this, that I'm stronger than I think I am. Um, and you reminded of that of us today and... That's going to need to be a whole podcast in itself one day. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Um, Jessica, I, I feel like, you know, there's, there's a whole list of topics we could cover in another conversation for sure. Um, our audience members are, you know, from cosmetology school students on up to, uh, you know, 30 years behind the chair and more 30, God. 30, 40, 50, all of the above. Actually, we do have some, you know, it's interesting when we look at the age brackets, it is very diverse. So with that said, is there anything you feel like we left on the table in our conversation or, you know, any words you want to leave the guests with? Well, I think like you guys said, we went, we went all over the place today, which was fun. You know, we we're sitting there like, what are we going to chat about today? And the conversation sort of leads itself, you know, as it does with us and stylists in the chair and if I were to leave anything on the table just be you know uh, 
just be you and be authentic and like, just enjoy it, you know, enjoy mm -hmm. that process and, and have fun with it. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Cause I think when we do that, things get a little muddy. So just enjoy the moment you're in rather than trying to, you know, focus on that greater spot that you want to go to eventually, cause you'll get there, mm -hmm. but don't forget to enjoy like the moment you're in getting to that like point in your life. Hey, John, I was just thinking back to the time you and I wanted to start a podcast. <laughs> that wasn't that long ago, but it was, wasn't it? It's the truth. And the reason why we wanted to do that was because we wanted to bring people some of the best conversations with some of the best icons in the industry. And we met another real icon in the industry who's doing something similar, maybe at a higher level. Mm -hmm. So we're on with Vivian McKinder today. Isn't that exciting? That's great. You know, what you're talking about is that um, whole series she has on Hair Heroes, because Vivian's taken that idea that we originally had, which is how can we connect with these icons in the industry? And Vivian's taken that, you know, as you said, one level higher. So, you know, Vivian, such a great series. Where, where did this come from? Where does this idea for Hair Heroes start out? Well, Hair Heroes was born during COVID, and um, I was feeling sad and somewhat depressed. And I thought, what do I do when I feel like this? And I'm very fortunate. I've worked with so many iconic hairdressers throughout my career. I thought you reach out to those who are gifted and talented and you share the story of who they are and get inspired and then inspire others. And I did that in the very beginning, 15 years ago, when I created the film series, I'm Not Just a Hairdresser. So this is a kind of a rebirth of something that was very important to my heart. Mm -hmm. So Hair Heroes was this journey to reach out to the icons, the best hairdressers in the world, and ask them to tell me their story. And so it's the, their journey from humble beginnings to where they are today. It is a dive into their photographic work to understand the secrets behind their designs. And I'm sure many of us have looked at some of the posts on Instagram and thought, I'm gonna copy that only to find out, oh my gosh, how did they do that? And it's so difficult. So it's amazing when you have the artists tell you how they created those looks. And many of them, I was like, really? Oh my gosh, I would never have thought you did it that way. So there's a learn and there's also the creative process of problem solving, which we do every day. When someone's sitting in our chair, we have to problem solve to take them from something that's not working to something that's gorgeous. So we go through the Hair Heroes photographic journey and then the Hair Heroes, I asked them to teach me something, which they all laugh at. And it's like, come on, I want teach me something. What's your favorite signature trick, whatever? I want you to teach me. And they do. And it's been so much fun to be taught by these famous, famous hairdressers. And then we finish with a dive inside the artist's mind to look at how do you overcome challenges? How do you overcome intimidation or frustration or whatever that may be? And therefore, by the time we are complete, we've been inspired, we've been motivated. We know we go underneath the hood of mastery. And I think the greatest deception of all is that mastery appears simple and it is not. And a great master makes it look easy. Mm -hmm. So when you start to unravel it and you start to understand the workings of mastery, little pieces of it will rub off on you because who you associate yourself with, you'll become more like. So I always believe human behavior is contagious. And so to me, it's the responsibility to have these iconic people inspire, lead, motivate us. And there may be something that is said or something that you see that is a turning point in your career. And I say that because every single one of these icons that I've interviewed, something was a turning point for them to change their course of their career to bring them to where they are today. And so I think that's a really rich story. So you could say it's that blend of taking the podcast world into the demonstration world, into the documentary world. And it really is an incredible journey as to what it takes to be successful. And if there's one thing that they all have in common, it's passion. Mm -hmm. And when you can connect to your passion, you have the fuel to go through the challenges and the obstacles in life. And you have a sense of purpose when your passion has a path to follow. And that's what My Hair Heroes is all about. 
That's amazing, Vivian. I mean, you've worked one, you know, closely with some of these icons. You were artistic directors for two of the biggest names in the world, Vidal Sassoon and Trevor Sorby. Um, and now you're bringing that out, you know, 2020 style. Who are some of the people that we can expect to see and hear from inside of these conversations? Well, there are, uh, there's quite a few British hairdressers who are award-winning British hairdressers. Uh, Errol Douglas, Kim Knitzi, Desmond Murray, Sally Brooks, who just won the British Hairdressing Awards again, Sam Via, we have Nicholas French, Antoinette Binders, Mark Hayes from Sassoon's, Stephen Moody, Lucy, Lucy Doherty. I mean, my goodness, what an amazing lady. A, a lady who started as, as a colorist, who became this major editorial hairdresser. Danilo, who does the hair of every major celebrity that you can possibly imagine. His story, and they all are so humble which is so beautiful. There's no arrogance there. There's just humility. And the lineup we have going into this year is also extraordinary. Some major, major artists that are coming to light. And so I'm crazy excited about those and almost nervous to think, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. they're going to be showing up at my door. So right. it's, it's been, I know that if it's touched me and inspired me through some hard times, because I'm no different to anybody else. I lost a significant part of my business through COVID. And so we always have a choice to either, to either rise to the challenge or feel defeated. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just, I took the path of going for it. And the editing process of this content is extraordinary. I mean, I spend weeks editing it, which is why nobody else is doing this, by the way. Mm -hmm. It is so demanding to take a storyline and bring that story to life in a way that helps you. Because if it's somebody else's story that you can't relate to, it's just a story, mm -hmm. but a story that will inspire you to do something different, to believe, to hope, to dream. Because we all came into this business to be creative. And did someone knock the stuffing out of your creativity? Mm -hmm. Or did someone say no and can't to you one too many times and you threw away your key of creativity? Well, you hold that key. So I'm gonna ask you to, to put that key in your own lock and unlock the Pandora's box and step into your own wealth of creativity because it's there. Mm -hmm. And these amazing hair heroes will open that door for you and you'll see what's possible. That is absolutely beautiful. Check out Hair Heroes. We've got a link in the descriptor. Go ahead and click on that and just join the vision and join the journey today. Every time we have one of these conversations, I walk away with a little bit more than I knew before I came in. And I love that about these podcasts. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, we also walk away with a lot of gratitude to our listeners. You know, we, we, we're watching those listens go up. There, we, we hate to ask, but we know there's a few things we need to ask for. I don't hate asking. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Hey, for those of you who haven't heard me ask before, five-star reviews. You got the phone in your hand, it's down by your lap, I don't care where it is, but it's not that far away from you. Five-star reviews, you know you want to do it, you know you love this podcast, share it with the world because every time you create a five-star review, an angel gets its, gets its wings. <laughs> Did you know that? Yeah, and while that angel is getting its wings, it helps us move up, um, you know, it helps us get more noticed in the podcast world help share the message. And if you're really being served by this, which we hope you are, um, you know, we'd love for you to share that with some other salon owners. The other thing we're going to ask you to do is to follow us on Instagram at 124.go, as well as Facebook. We're going to get more active on our Facebook page. And so if you're a Facebooker, then uh, follow us on Facebook at 124.go. And um, if you're a grammar, please tag us in your stories and we'll do the same uh, in hours. So thanks again for listening, everybody. We will see you on the next episode. Bye. <laughs>